It's so crazy. We, so just a few different thoughts over here, which I want to share with you. So it's not like that one, one, one thought. Um, the first thought over here is this, this is a piece from Shimshon Pinkus. So most people know that they have this whole set of Tiferi Shimshon from Shimshon Pinkus, which are a collection of his Shmuzin. But he, ha- he actually published, but they were, there were those who were published posthumously. But he actually published Bechayev, uh, a small safer called Tiferi's Torah. Um, it's about that, like that thick. Um, and one volume is Al Chumash. Another volume actually is Lomdus. It's interesting, you know, it's not, it's not the Mustard's Torah, it's like Lomdus a Torah. Nice, you know. So the first, uh, so he has a piece over here. He has two pieces in, in Parshas Kaisara. One of them, I think, is a fascinating piece over here. Um, so Eliezer comes and Davins the Kashbrucha Hakrein Hakrein Noel the Fanai Hayyan. So the lashon of Hakrein is a very interesting lashon, which is the lashon of Mikra. Right. So Roshim should should make it occur. Like you know the. Lachana Mikra means it's something which just ha- happens to happen. It's, it's opposed to being ordained. I mean, the whole thing over here is that it, it, it's a tefillah for that it should be ordained. So why the Lachana of Hakre, which is Lachana of seemingly, it was haphazard that it happened, just occur, it was just an occurrence, um, is, the, is the wrong Lachana. And Bechlau, the, 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 the Chazal, and you know the the, the Rama Father Chazal Rashi in the Parshas Bechukaisai, when the Mekaiso called what happened to them, as opposed to seeing the Yad Hashem, they called it Mikra. The Russia punishes them. The Rama says that a person who Rama was tiny is when the Russian said the Peronius and the person's reaction that's just a Mikra, he doesn't do chuva. He's an Achzori. He's a cruel person. He's being cruel to himself and to the world around him by not responding by doing chuva. So the correct response is is is, is not mikra. Um, um, so why does Eliezer use lashon of hakri and lefahayyon? That's that's the question. Near levaris as lashon of mikra. So I want to explain this word mikra, which seems to be just that it's occurrence, it happened. So over there it uses lashon of mikra also. It happened to be that she ended up in the field of Sada. It happened to be. I mean, this is the Bashert of the. This is, this is the, the whole Osset of Kleisrael is built on the Hashkacha that, that Rus ends up in, in the field of Boyas. Boyas meets Rus, sees how Tzniyash sees, etc., and is willing to then stand by her and marry her. And from that we have Dabra Meluk, we have Mashiach. And that it just happened to happen, you know. <laughs> really? Like. Okay. It says It says that um, the pasuk in, in Malachim says that that the, 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 they, there was the Malchus. So who, who's the Imish Malchus referring to? It wasn't referring to David's mother. It was referring to David's great grandmother, which is Rus. So she is referred to in the Torah as Imish Amalchus. Um, there had to be Imos of Kla Yisrael, and there were four Imos of Kla Yisrael. She's the aim, she's the Ima of, of Malchus and the Shiach. 
That's not mikra. This is, I mean, this is foundational to the whole bria. The same way we, we, we you know, the Bereshim had in mind it says that the Bereshim created the world so Chazal say that that the words is the same letters as Avraham. The Bereshim created the world for Avraham. It means this is in, put into the fiber of the Bria. It's not a mikra. So the same thing that's true about Avraham is true about the Imos, and it's true about Rus. So you can't call what happens to Rus is Mikra. Okay. Let's explain what it means, Mikra. For example, who got a leaf fell down, good time of year. And fell into certain spots. But what's the difference between Ashkocha and Mikra? Ashkocha Pirusha Shayatza Hakraza Bashamaim Shalapani Yipal the Makampani. Ashkocha means that it was it was decreed beforehand, and then it happens. so he says an awesome thought process. This is Ashkocha means it was it was preordained. Preordained. Uh, so, I mean, let's talk about let's talk about Hishtalsos a little bit, right? Um, the Moshe, which the 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 Bali Bali. Soid give um, in modern the Moshe they give in modern terms is the following. So we have a um, we get electricity in our, in our in, comes into the, into, into the building it comes in right, 110, 220, 200, right comes in 220 volts, 110 volts, etc. The power plant is producing its. And, and at megavolts, millions and millions and millions of volts. So you have the power plant, which is producing this tremendous amount of energy. Then there are there are there are machines, which their job is to, to step down the the, 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 the electricity, the, the, the lower the voltage, to be able to send it on the, the high power the wires, which go still at a, at a large amount of voltage. Then there are step downs to put it onto other wires that put it in a lower amount of voltage. And there's step downs to bring it, bring it into your house. Because if it would come into your house at, you know, at, at, at the megavolts, it would explode your house, right? It's not a good idea. Right? So there's step downs. So in the world of the world of the, how the Russian runs the world, the Russian creates, as it were, a energy source, a hashpo that he wants to put into the Bria. But when the Bershom creates it, he creates it at 
the primary level, that ashpa, if it would come into our world, it would blow the world to smithereens. It's too much a Baruch as it were. So Bereshim has a step down. So what we refer to that as this process called Ishtal It moves from the higher level of the worlds to a lower level, to a lower level, to a lower level, till it's able to come into our world in a way that is is fitting into the world that we live in. But it means that that which we actually see taking place in our world on Chav Gimel the the decision in Shemayim and the process of bringing it down to this world it took place before that. How long before that? Up for grabs. So now a person has a chaloim. So a chaloim, the neshama leaves the body, and it's not limited to see what you see in the physical world. So a person has a chaloim, is what he's actually seeing. He's seeing this decree, which is about, which is in a higher level, which we cannot see when in our body, because it's, in a, it's, it's a, a different level of existence. It hasn't been stepped down into our world yet. But we're not limited by that when, during the time of a chaloim. So a person can see in a chaloim a decree which already exists, which has not made it to this world yet. So that's why we talk about in the Atabas chaloim, we see a chaloim which, is, which has something which is, seems to be negative. We talk about bimahapech we, like We describe it as a metzius. Which we and artillery has to be to change it to good. I mean, it already exists. It's not just a dream; it's a reality which exists. That's what we're concerned that what we've seen is not just part of the worst. Every kolayim has it a certain amount of the rabbi Um But if what we're seeing is something which is true, what we're really seeing is something which already exists at a higher level of existence. It just hasn't made itself down; hasn't been stepped down until it's able to fit into this world yet. And it's possible during the time when a person is out of the uh, having his out of body experience called sleep, where the shama is not bound to this world as much, that the shama can actually see it. But it's a reality which has to be actually changed. It already exists. So that's when we talk about something comes bashkocha means that there was this was set into motion through a process which goes from Tamarlam to Arlam to Malak to Malak till it comes to the Malak who's able to put it into reality over here. And then it's possible, therefore, to, to envision it along the way. But it also means that the actual execution of it is done through this process. There's some way, in a certain sense, it's, it's removed from a Kodesh Now, this is... A lot of Kabbalah deals with this issue. A lot of Kabbalah deals with the process of the step-down process, how it works. And when you start understanding the step-down process, theoretically, there's manipulation which is possible. That's what some of this practical Kabbalah, which is not advisable. Okay. <laughs> Unless you know what you're doing, it's very dangerous. Um, that's what is also the concern, one of the main concerns about Kabbalah was when you talk about Elamis, means you're as it were you're, you're describing a reality which seems to exist as it were independent of a Kaddish Baruch Hu. There's a Kaddish Baruch Hu, and he's putting it out through these things. It means these things have some element of, of so 
the people who are misnagged to Liman Kabbalah, what they were, they, they were concerned is that if you immerse yourself into it, you start perceiving these things as, as having their own kaya. And that's about Azor. So, what's referred to the more refers to as the person is Makatsitz Benatias. So, if you picture a tree which has a, has a trunk and then it has very large branches, and off of that there's smaller branches, etc., etc., etc. So, you finally get down to the end of the tree, at the, out, the outermost point of the tree. So, it's all one reality. But if you start focusing in just on a branch and not, and not seeing it as part of the trunk, that you've been Makatsis Benatias, you've cut off this thing from what it's planted together. So that's what the danger was of this whole process, was seeing these things independent, because if you understand them very well, you understand how they work, you understand how to manipulate them, as it were, so they start taking on their own reality, and that's very dangerous. So that was what the the the, the um, the concern, that's one of the concerns about learning Kabbalah. So we're not, but we, we, you know, a certain amount of Kabbalah sort of makes it into our re- a reality of understanding. So that's that's how we understand Tashkoch. What is Teva? He's saying Teva, we never make that mistake. Right? We have a different mistake, is we perceive Teva as being an independent. But, that's a, but if you get past that mistake of Teva being independent, you know, Teva is just a Kharish Borhu. The Bereshim, at the Betchilus of Bria, pre, pre, presented his rots and how he wants the Bria to function. So that, whatever, quote-unquote, things had to happen to make that happen, the Bereshim the expressed his rots and that's what he wants, and he put the Bria into motion under those rules. Those rules are the Bereshim's rots. That's a direct action that he put in place at the Betchilus of Bria. So, in a certain sense, Teva is more direct than Hashkoch. That's what the plea that, that, that he's saying. Because it doesn't happen Okay? So, Hagdor and Hanachanah Shal Mikra mean Dabrash Akar Beteva Hanachanah Shal Mizbrok Hashub Bechinah Shal Kwedo Ba'atzmai. Okay, so now, when we're saying that the Bershom put into the nature of the world that certain things have to happen, so this is part of Teva. So that just ha- that automatically is going to occur. So it's automatically going to occur. Well, it's just an occurrence because it's just like natural. Well, just like natural, Adarabah is the best way to see that, that, that it makes it clear that this is a direct divine intervention. Am I making sense? This is like it's a, it's like a backwards thought process than we're used to. Right? That's what that's, that's what he's saying. Am I making sense? No, no. not to me. Like okay, that. fine. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know, we we, we we you know, right? You have with, with Mother Nature, right? right? The lady with the with the and she, you know, <laughs> right? Um, what was that? March or something like that, whatever it was. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, full right. 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 Um, so let's like let's get past that, okay? Let's throw her throw her out. We're done with her, okay? Mother Nature's gone, okay? Let's, right. When we say something is when I say something is let's go uh, okay. Let, let's let's look a little Latin, right? What is the, translate the word nature, please? Tana. English, please. 
Right? What, is, what is the root of the word nature? What is the Latin root of the word nature? Right? It's the same word as... This, 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 right? it's, it's the, the root of it is, is nata, which means the, 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 the as born, as how something is born, right? Uh, Nay, the person that were born with this name, like this, this is all, right? It's all the, the nativity, I mean, all those through, the, the, how it's, it's been born, this is how it's born. This, this is the intrinsic reality of something. That's what the word nature means. Okay? So I say a person has certain meters in them, Bateva, that's not saying something bad, that's saying his, na- his nature is good, or his nature is bad. We're describing the person's nature. So the same way we have a nature in a person, and we, we understand that that means that something was intrinsic to him, we talk about nature in the Bria, we talk about the Teva of the Bria, means that's something intrinsic to the Bria, as opposed to something which is a divine intervention. Right? There's a fascinating Gemara. The Morris says the Morris says that one of these wild Gemaras, like the Morris gives you an insight into, into, into backwards. The Morris says that there's a mice and once there's a the man, his wife died and he had a young baby and he wasn't able to afford to get a wet nurse, so the baby's going to die. And the Morris made a nace for him, and he was he grew the breast and he was able to to to, to yeah. nurse his child. So the Morris said, "Wow, it's, he's such a kosher guy." And Morris said, "No, it's so bad. He Morris had to change Teva for him. He's bad. It's bad." For, like the Kamagaru of this person, the Bershom had to go and change the world for him. Like, really? Bershom made an ace for the guy. That's like wonderful. Like, why is that bad? What the Moore is saying is, what, the morale says that what the Moore is saying is, the Bershom didn't want men to be able to nurse. If he wanted the men to be able to nurse, he would have made them able to nurse. So the Bershom, the Bershom's ruts and for the Bree is that this is not the way it's supposed to be. So Bershom decided for these circumstances to do this fellow a favor, etc. But that's not the Ratzon of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that the way he would like it to be, really. Horaya, if he would like to be like that, we would see men walking around nursing. Right? I'm not getting involved in any, 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 any uh, <laughs> feminism issues over here. Okay, but. So, in the same way that's true, we say that there, that means n- nature is the greatest expression of the Bershom's Ratzon, how he wants the Bria to be. When I tell you that Ramamino was embedded in the Bria, that's a Milo. I mean, this is part of the nature of the world. This is the Teva of the world. The same way I say that, it's, you know, this person, his nature is a very good person. He's born like that. That's what the word means. He's born like that. This is how he's created. So he's, he, he came into the world like this. It means the Russian brought the world into existence in a certain way. So Teva is not negative. Teva is a, is, is a beautiful way to look at the Bria and see what the Russian's Ratzin is. The, when Rus came to the Soda of Boyas, the Torah uses the word Mikra, means, that means what happened was this is something which is embedded in the nature of the Bria. The Russian didn't have to make a special decree to make this happen. This is already embedded into the reality of the Bria. That this is what's supposed to happen. So the, we refer to that as mikra in the sense of it wasn't the Bershom made a special divine intervention. It just happened. What do you mean it just happened? It just happened because that was what's supposed to happen. That's automatic in the Bria. This wasn't something new put in later on. This is here put in the engine from the beginning. So that's what he's saying. Mikra Batsam is the greatest expression of a direct Ratzan Rakarish because this is something which when the Bershom set the world into motion he said this has to be like this 
this is part of the way, there, as opposed to the brush of later on, coming along and saying, you know what? Whatever reason, this is what I'm going to do now. Okay. So why is, why is it important that you say it like that? Now, that's a nunakura. If the Bershom, as it were, makes the announcement in Shemaim, this is what we're doing, and then it passes along, so the son says, Ooh, I hear a Mashiach. <laughs> I'm going to come and be Makatrik and say, we, The world doesn't deserve Mashiach. Mashiach doesn't deserve to be the one. Okay, So what Eliezer was asking, a great Lafanai Hayoim, that that what he wants Shemimikra to hey Rivka Khan, Loishi Shahmalak Mi Bachutz, that this should be part of the intrigue he was what he was davening for, that I should be able to find right now the intrinsic reality of the Bria of the of the person who's supposed to be the wife for Yitzhak. That's what the Eliezer is davening for. Why does he have to daven for that's part of the Bria? <laughs> Okay. Now, it, it, it's a good question. I don't and I, and I don't have a good answer. Okay. I can give you a theory, which which I, I can give you a theory on it, but I'd rather leave the question standing. Okay. Right. But I think it's a good question. But but I think that that but you know he's saying that there there's there are moments where Teva doesn't doesn't always play out the way you want it to either. That. that there are things that are mark of it. So he was davening that that, but but but, but what he's saying with that the tilleliyazer was that we should be tapping into the intrinsic reality of the bria, which was supposed to happen. Let that happen now at this moment. Let this be the moment that's supposed to happen. I think it's a mind-boggling thought process of how to redefine how we look at nature. So I mean that's really like more. That's the more saying. The more saying the more. The more saying that when when, when I see the a certain natural distinction between male and female I'm really mess, not being PC right now right <laughs> right. Um, it's not this you know it, 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 that's just the way it is you know like, oh, just the way it is like, no it means that, that, that I'm supposed to sit there and really like learn that and understand that what I'm seeing is, is something which is embedded in the reality of the Bria which means that's the greatest clarity of what the Bershom really wants for the Bria the, the morale in, in the beginning of, of um, Arkadosh says that the uh, that we look at the story of, of Esther and it's 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 it's, it's all teva because this was a this was a this was a nace which was embedded in the highest levels of the bria and such a thing only comes to the world through tzniyus. In other words, if you make a big tarash about it, it doesn't fit into the world. So what, he, so what he's saying, according to this, is Adarab. Teva is the is the the the, um, the Medr says that the Bershom is called Umid Mutzna. He's a hidden craftsman. Teva is the way for Bershom to be the hidden craftsman. That's the Tzniyas. That's the that's the cloak of Tzniyas the Bershom puts in the Bria. He makes it look makes it look so natural you don't even notice. But 
What was the story? Um, who's, who said this, Marshall? The Dublin Market, I forget who it was. There once was a... Um, there once was a artisan who was tremendously good at his at his work, and he decided he's going to make a make a statue of the king, which will look lifelike. And he made the statue of the king, which was so lifelike that Mamash was perfect. And he expected, like after people come to look at this, you know, wow, look what he did, and nobody looked at it. Like nobody stopped. They put it in the middle of the square over there, over there. And nobody stopped to look at the thing. So he, like, he was like all like disappointed, like nobody gave, gave him any recognition. He made this gorgeous statue of the king, like perfect, is that true? No reaction. So finally, like he, he confided in one of his friends, he says, I'll tell you what the problem is. It looks so lifelike that people think it's the king. It's just, it's just, it doesn't look like a statue. It looks like the name itself. He says, go and take off the ear. And it'll look, well, it can't be the king, king has an ear. And they'll notice, wow, the face looks so lifelike, but there's no ear. It must be, it's a statue. Then they'll realize that it's not the real thing. Right? Teva is, it's so lifelike, it's so normal, that it looks like just whatever. We don't get up and notice it. But really what it is, this is the greatest statue of the king. That's the greatest expression of comes Boruch in the Bria, is Teva. Not Nace. It's an awesome thought. Okay, thought number one. Okay. Digest that one. Go to the next one. <laughs> okay. Um, so beginning is you know I have to you have to have a piece of the first because like you know I can't. It's not shy. I have to learn to learn the powers of that piece of the first. Okay. So the first point he points over here, which is really not what I want to get into, um, is um, the only place in Tanakh where the age of woman is recorded. Okay. I cannot say yay or nay. <laughs> But um, take his word for it. Oh, uh, the other one's a computed out, derived. Right. Uh, okay. okay. Now, but the, what I want to focus on is that the pasuk says, "Zmeyoshanov, Now, Chazal darshan it that when she was. She was seven years old, then she was twenty years old, then she was a hundred years old. Just like when she was seven, she had a certain innocence, beautiful beauty to her, a certain the innocence, the beauty of a young child. So that continued out throughout her his life. But the pasuk on the pasuk it's not like that. First, you live a hundred years, then you live another twenty, then you live another seven on top. So the seven is referring to the last seven years of a person's life, not the first seven years of the person's life. Mm-hmm. Right? So why do we change it from um, to Shevashanim? Um, 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 so Moshe is Rabbi Shineman, who actually has a shiva up in New York. Moshe Shineman. Um, he's a very uh, good Baldarshan. The safer is about a thousand pages long. Um, <laughs> uh, okay. So the Kuyark is like this. Mashlemer b'misper gadol shana shana loshen yachid meyoshana vesim shana misper katan shanim b'sheba shanim. 
Why is that? As they get older, they get they get more They come closer to the 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 the, the moments of eternity. So the last seven years of her life were the most productive years of her life. To, to the point where, compared to the last seven years, the early years were just a shana, and this is shanim. It's many years. The last seven years were there was accomplishment of many years worth of life compared to the earlier years of the person's lifetime. Why? Because as they get older, they everything that they've absorbed in their lifetime settles in better. And as they get older, they sort of are less and less drawn into the world and more and more drawn into the world of Ruchnius. So the combination of those two things is quite a powerful thing. Um, you saying it's not after 120, which is like a unit of a complete life? No, I mean, just saying, I'm not, sure, I'm, I'm not sure he's getting that, that, taking it that far. But, you know, but, you know she happened to live 127, so, you know, the, the Torah gives it in those units. Um, I always found it fascinating thing. Like, I mean, I have one explanation, which I think is a more simple explanation, but when, when, I, when, when I was in Yeshiva, there's a sefer called Yalat HaShachar. Yalat HaShachar was written by a person named Ayol, Alof Yudlamen. I know who he was. Sefer is phenomenal. He used to use an alumnus, a lot of Masetas and Shahs, big alumnus, etc. He was Yeshiva somewhere in you know, some Yeshiva in Eretz Israel. Right? I get older, and all of a sudden, you know, about 20, 15, 20 years ago, all of a sudden there's a person named Aaron Leib Steinman, a Yalat HaShachar. <laughs> We didn't know his name. We're, and, and I'm telling you, in the, in the 70s and 80s, we used the safer. We didn't even know his name. Like he wasn't known Bakhlau. Rabshach, and the stifler was alive, and then Rabshach was alive, and Rabbi Lay was sitting and learning. The last 20 years of his life, all of a sudden he burst onto the scene and he's mummish, you know, the Managador, etc. Um, so what happens? So okay, the simple explanation is, you know, the, the he was able to hide and not be leading when there was other people, and then when it came, his time, etc. One explanation. Second explanation: there's a, there's a word for Rosh Hashanah. He says that the Chazal said that a person is running after COVID, COVID runs away from him. The person runs away from COVID, COVID runs after him. So we have one guy. There, he's doing like this. The cover's going after him. He's running away. One person in the cover is like yes, he's running after oh, yeah, the cover. <laughs> so either way, you don't have any cover. 
Like, you know, the, there's the race between him and the cub. But either yeah. he, he says, what's an afkimina? He says, an afkimina, when you get old, and you can't run anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, that's what Shalom says, right? You know, it's a very Shalom Shalom online. You know, you know. So, that's what happens. You know, this poor man in his whole life, he's running away from cub. You know, Mele, he kind of gets away from it. At one point, he doesn't run, he can't run anymore. So, Mele caught up with him, right? That, that's the second explanation. But what he's saying now, the Kliyuk is saying, there's a third explanation. There's a certain quality to those last years of a person's life that they're so powerful that it's, it's a culmination of all of the years building up. That all these years building up, that means these last years can be tremendously powerful years. That he's able to really take the Christ for a, a tremendous seaboard because he has the power to do that. He didn't have the power to do that earlier. And if you had thrust him into that role earlier, he would have been stunted. But you waited to let him develop and develop and develop, and everything's absorbed and absorbed and absorbed. So now, when it came to his Akrayas, I, I once heard from uh, an Adam Khashab, he says that America buries their Gadayla. That was the lotion that he used. Berries? Berries. He says, you, you take these people, we don't have any, you know, America, it has a problem. We don't have, we don't have old, elderly leading us because we don't have them. So you have a few Yechidim, which they can't, and you take the next generation, younger, and you put them in the role of being leaders, when had you been nice enough to let them sit and still develop for another 10 years, 20 years before they went into that role, they'd be coming into the role with a whole other level of existence. Once you're in that, that role of being mashpia outwards, it's hard to be, be, be absorbing inwards. Right? The... the the Mamasha, what they say is that, you know, the, 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 the Gemara says that when the Kli is being mafled, it's not being Bolea. When the Kli is pouring out, it's not absorbing it. So the Goyen says on that, it says, Esnuim Chachma, people have Hertzniyas, have Chachma. He says, why? Because, When I'm talking, I'm not talking for myself, I'm talking for you. I know it already. When I'm talking, I'm talking to teach it to you. So while I'm teaching you, I'm not absorbing, I'm teaching. Right? So everyone, anytime I'm busy poking out, outward, focusing outwards means I'm not absorbing inwards. As the people which are not busy focusing outwards are able to be, absorb all this chachma and be busy growing. But there's a tukuf in a person's life where it's time to move on and your responsibility is to, 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 to focus outwards. When do we thrust it upon the person? You want to thrust it upon the person when he's allowed himself to develop as much as possible. The Chazanish. The Chazanish sat for, in his little corner and nobody knew who he was. He probably, even when he published the Swarm, the Swarm published Aleph Yud Shin of Ram Yishai. Nobody knew who he was. He didn't put his name on the Zephyr. Right? All of a sudden, you know, then there was the last 15, 20 years of his life, he became the Galador. He was thrust into the position, and now he's. We, we let him ripe, ripen before you, 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 you put that responsibility upon him. So that's what you see what's happening is that the, as you grow, the, the, there's so much, you have so much more absorbed. There's another piece from Hirsch um, in Parsh's uh, Noyach, actually, I think it is. When it describes the person, you know, it says, how old was he? Noach was Ben Chamesh uh, Meoshanah. And he gave birth. So it says, Ben Chamesh Meoshanah. So what does the word Ben Chamesh Meoshanah mean? What does the word Ben mean? 
son. So when he was the son of 500 years old, like, so how old are you? He says, he's a Ben Esrim. Right? He's not a Ben Esrim, he's an Esrim. Right? The Torah always describes age with the word Ben. So Hirsch writes, and that's exactly what it's saying. They said this over at Shashudas a few weeks ago. Right? That 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 the Torah is describing the word Ben means you're a result of you're told of right you're you like you're the father gives birth to a son the son is the Ben the word Ben is the root of the rehearsal it says it's root of the word Binyan you're built from something so a person is built of of, of all the years that he lived all the years that he lived have impressed something upon him and you are the result of twenty years of life you're the result of fifty years of life you're the result of a hundred years of life. That's what you are. You're, you're not a hundred years old. You're hundred years absorbed. That's what Ben Ben Esri, Ben, ben Mayer means. So when you know, a person is has that much more that he's absorbed in his being, he has that much more to, to define who he is. So the Kliyarchus says that the, what we're saying over here is Badafka that we're adding a whole new madrega of the, I mean, the, the last years of a person's life can be the most powerful, the most productive. What does America do? They make the person retire, right? Because young blood, like you know, like really, you know. Now I'm the gay with over, but okay, I'm getting there. I'm getting there, you know. <laughs> the uh, there's there's a in the Shari Shari one place he writes it says you know that that he goes through in Sharbays the six things which bring a per, which help a person think do tshuva. So the person thinks yeah, is the person, the Yemen, the Royim, the person has Yisurim. He says one of them is that a person starts getting old. So he says, so if an average person lives to be 70 years old, so when you hit 35, you're halfway through your lifetime. So if you're climbing, you're climbing a hill, it's been going up, now it's going down. So it makes sense. And at that point, and then onwards, the person realizes he's facing towards, you know, he should start doing shuvah. It's a better rights. So all 35 year olds really should be doing a lot of shuvah. <laughs> Right, so look at nowadays people's lifespan is, is, is more than 70 usually okay it's 80 so wait till he's 40 okay but um, I don't we don't see that happening somebody sent me a, a, a email like um, he said I, I, I'm not quoting it perfectly he says I, one person out of the, 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 the billions of people in the world will win the lottery mm-hmm. everybody thinks it's going to be him Every person in the world is going to die, and nobody thinks it's going to be him. <laughs> we don't think about Yomavis. Just like you know, it's not going to happen to me. You know? Rav writes his lashon. He says that you know, there's there's people think there's sort of like there's a Heber Starbers, there's a club called the the, the Dyers, and I'm not, I didn't I didn't buy, buy memory, membership in that club, so I have to think about it. And like, excuse me, but um, so we sort of like you know, we, the, the the goal is eternal youth. But the, the 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 wisdom of of life experience and understanding and, and the yish v'das etc. Our society is 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 very strongly trying to re- reject it to, to some extent. And the Torah is saying, but not like that. Um, so so that's that's the kiyakar. So he quotes the. Um, um, Bryce says, 
I told you once there's a drush as a ram, and that that's uh, and that's um, Mishnah. So Pashatashi means that as they get older, they're Pashat, they, 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 they get more settled in their wisdom. It says, you know, there are people now about the Tunichaman who become senile. And Amaratsim, like, you know, sound minds, you know, baseball scores all the way, right? <laughs> right? He has 90 years worth of baseball scores, he can tell you, you know. Right? So what does the Mishnah mean? So the, the Ran says a different shot. I mean, it's not Pashat shot, I think it's a very Khashiv shot. It's not the Pashat shot, what he's saying over here. He says like this, he says, you know, a person's young, a person has tremendous vitality, there's different paths in front of him, and a person chooses the path of focusing on Torah mitzvahs, a person chooses the path of, path of trying to get ahead in this world, there's different paths a person can choose. It's not very clear which one is the best path. It's not really clear. And you can have a person who chooses path of Torah mitzvahs, and focusing on that, and giving up some opportunities in this world, and he's going to wonder as he goes life, was it a good idea or not? There will be moments he wonders, is it a good idea or not? He says, but when he gets older, he looks back, he says, you know what? His decision that he made, the word means that his das means the decision that he made when he was younger. And he might have grown along the way, he says. He might, as he, during lifetime, he might be bones, but he says, you know, why did I do this? But when he hits the old age, look back and say, you know what? I'm so happy I did that. The Zakan Amoris who chose a different path, not to follow that path. So he's younger, he's quite happy with his decision. When he gets older, he's like, it's it's it starts banging on him. Why'd I do that? I mean, I'll give you even just even a, a, a very crude story to it. My sheriff told me, I don't know, 20 years ago, like that. He, he made a decision to send my, my, you know, his children to the Hebrew Academy, and that meant that, and he made a decision he's going to pay, you know, as much tuition as possible. So he had no money because every penny that he made was, you know, extra. It was all, all of his friends, and this is the fifties, like you know, like like what was wrong with public school in those days? All of his friends sent their kids to public school. And they saved their money, and they, you know, they had big retirement funds, and they bought their houses, houses in Potomac, you know, which then, you know, became worth a lot of money. You know, so you know, so while that was happening, it wasn't very clear like who made the right decision. He says, "Okay, it's now fast forward fifty years later, and um, what's all they get together? You know, he gets together with some of his old friends are still alive." And there's one topic which they don't talk about. They don't talk about grandchildren. Because most of these people, the grandchildren are going. So it's just like an unspoken rule. They, they don't want to talk about it. And my shver, in the dark time, you know, he looks at his, you know, his mishpacha, he's got, you know, he has X amount of, of B'nai Torah grandchildren, X amount of B'nai Torah great-grandchildren, you know, and, you know, it's just like, he's got a beautiful mishpacha. So the decision that you made back in the 1950s, which then it wasn't so clear that it's a great decision, and why it's good, and maybe you might have, you wonder like why, why am I doing this sometimes along the way? When you get older, you look back and say that was a, that was a, a, the decision makes a lot of sense. It settles in. That was that was a smart decision. And the decision was that wow, you know, money, living it up, you know, be happy, you know, cruises, and that. you're pretty happy with it. As you get older, you're saying why did I do that? Right. So that's how the run touches 
the Mishnah over there. It's not the saying discussing senility versus you know clarity, because both sides get hit with it. It's discussing, but he's not. But the Pasha types of the Mishnah is saying in Pasha, the, the, the Mishnah is saying there's a certain wisdom which Tamachalim gets. The older he gets, the more it just settles in, and that's fitting with what he wants to say. Um, Um, I mean, I saw my own Rishi 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 in, in the 70s, for sure, he wasn't, you know, holding a retirement. In the 70s, he was still, you know, there was, I remember one week, he, you know, he said a shear in yeshiva, and he dealt with all the issues in yeshiva, then he flew out to Los Angeles for fundraising, then he flew to the next day to Chicago for a costa, and then he flew the next day to New York for a costa, and then he, uh, he was 78, or something like that, you know, he was like flying all over, Rebaran Levy, he was, he was like close to eight, 90, he came to America, made that tour across America, to Mechazic Tara in America. He went from city to city to city. Like, you know, he was in his 90s already. Like, running around the world, you know, being Mechazic Tara. It's like, there was a year in Cleveland, there was Russia Helfen, Zichler Rachel. Russia Helfen was the fundraiser for Tel Zeshiva. Russia Helfen has, has had two daughters. Um, one of them is married to a person named Rebar Kershaw. Was the, the very hush, my, that's, the place, that's the person I use in my Pesach. Other, other one is married to a person named Rebgetzel Fried, who is a walking encyclopedia of Kosovo Kula. Right? Russia Helfen was the fundraiser for Tel Zeshiva. That's a fundraiser. One of the, one, the Yulai told me, like, towards Sayyid like, he wasn't really up driving, he couldn't see any well so anymore. He used to go fundraising for Yeshiva. So the, he went with him. This, he was in his upper 70s. He went with the Mersha to Columbus, Ohio. So his Eli was there for like three or four days. We would, he, he down by the earliest minion, and he arranged, he arranged appointments and meetings with people for, for 12 to 14 hours straight during the day. Huh. He went from person to person to person to person. He's raising money for yeshiva. And then at the end of the day, like he came back to the hotel, they dove my arm, and he said, he learned for two hours. Since I was a shmata. You know, I was like 25 years old, and I was like, I, 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 was, I was wiped out. And, but he's, he's going strong. There's no retirement in the Torah world. You know, like, you know, like, you know he's this whole, you know, like, it, it's a funny thing. My sugar said to my sugar, you know, this is, this is, I'm not going to let you retire, you know, this is the thing. The problem is the government makes you retire, so my sugar's retirement was very, was very gishmak, you know. He retired from the government, he finished his job on Friday, and Monday he started his new job. <laughs> <laughs> he went from being a patent examiner to being a patent attorney, I mean, you know. <laughs> he had a law degree anyway, so it was a, just moved from one side of the desk to the other side. He just finished his last case about six months ago. He stopped. He said, he said "I can't do it. I can't give my clients the full attention, full what they really deserve. So I can't do it anymore." He finished like the six, eight, ten months ago. He finished like doing it, filing his last, last you know, brief for somebody. He's ninety. I don't know something. Whatever you know. Wow. Like, so what does he do now? He's making. He's doing. He's doing masechtas. You know. He made. He made his first CMSHAS, First CMSHA. He was over 75. First time he paid a semen masechta in his life. He's already finished about, I think, eight, eight masechtas. Not the Dafyami. He learns at Bion with, with, with different eight o'clock. You know. 
you know, he's going strong. Baruch Hashem, we in heart. So uh, we we got a strange society. We got to get out of this attitude of Now, so Hirsch um, goes with the, um, the way Chazal di- divided up. There's Meir Shana, Esim Shana, Shever So, um, so let us take it then, page three seventy nine. Um, Let's take it then, as it's clearly presented to us, thus we are told that not that Sarah lived 127 years, but 100 years, 20 years, and 7 years. These three numbers represent to us the three periods of the development of human life the age of childhood, mature youth, and completed old age. So it's a beautiful, you know, if you look at 7 years old, is really, you know, you're not a little baby anymore, it's childhood. 20 year old is that you just, you know, you have the vigor of youth, you remember. You're in the, 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 the vitality of the, the, the young, but you're, you're mature already. And 100 is old age. You've completed old age. A spiritually and morally perfected life cannot be better expressed than as an old man, he was old. As a man, a man. As a child, a child. Okay. Fascinating thought. If you live each period of your life the way you're supposed to, you've, done, you've used life the way you're supposed to. So when you're a child, you're a child. And when you're a mature youth, you're a mature youth. And when you're, when, when you're an old person, you're an old person. Each period has its strengths, has its purposes, and you use those out. The old person who tries to be a youth is unhealthy. The child who goes ahead of their time and tries to be an adult is also not healthy. A mature youth who understands that they still have a lot to learn because they're not old yet, if they don't know that, it's unhealthy. Okay. More, our sage remark, one who truly lives takes the crowning specialty of each age until the next period. You don't lose what you've had until now. He comes home with his days. His days are not spent and done with. He takes all the spiritual moral acquisitions of his past days over with him until the coming days. Not allowed to be robbed by his years, betting that it had been truly his. Sarah took the beauty of childhood with her into womanhood, and then of the 20-year-old girl with her into the grave. How far, and surely not to our advantage, does this point of view of our rabbis conscious with that of our days? They look for beauty, but not in the 20-year-old, but in the child. And this is not in the child, but in the mature adolescence. Okay, I don't know what he's describing in his his now it's like whatever he we don't look for period we're not looking for innocent period but the beauty we're looking for but it's a different like um, we're accustomed to speak of childish innocence it would be sad if childhood were to be enviable because of his innocence which that's what it is nowadays it's not even enviable anymore but innocence assumes the possibility of guilt to be not guilty implies to have had a struggle against the pull of one's senses and passions to have conquered but you're no longer innocent. If you had a fight and you won, you're no longer innocent. Only girl matured to womanhood and the boy matured to manhood can crown their head with a wreath of innocence. Innocence doesn't belong to the child, or her said. It belongs to the mature, mature youth, to the 20 year old. Hmm. I, I don't describe a child as innocent because that's true, it's innocent in the sense of that there's never been exposure. But the true definition, the finish of innocence, is the person who is in, even in a state of maturity has maintained his purity that's the, where the Kiddush is ah. right. so and, and, and the way Rav Hirsch is touching it 
he's saying that the the beauty of the child went with her to the womanhood. The innocence of the twenty-year-old went with her to the grave. Not the innocence of a child. The innocence of a twenty-year-old. Right. So I, I, I mean, it's interesting. Like, it's a book on the psukim which way to apply it. No, but he's just you know he's he's just pointing that out that. Um, The Rashiva of Pesach, there's famous debates. Like, what's better? Is is insularity better, or is exposure better? Right. One argument is being insular protects you. You don't have to expose all these negative things out there. It keeps you much more pure. The danger is. If a person, for whatever reason, leaves that miscarriage and they're exposed, yeah, no protection. they have no protection. They don't know how to deal with it because they never dealt with it. Exposure helps you deal with it. On the other hand, you definitely diminish your purity. You've been exposed to things. So, he, he, he Pesa wrote a, wrote a piece on this, and he came out that each one has mildness. You, you can't argue one is better than the other. Both of them have mildness and have, have concerns. Um, that being said, you know we we try to we try and f- find a balance. You know we don't say, listen. You know I need to have my kids exposed to everything out there. This way, you know they'll know what to do with everything. We don't want our kids exposed to everything out there. Like, like why? You know, there's a Shalom Shadon says over a mice uh, that. Um, I can't remember the details of who, who told it to him. Somebody in England told him the Misa, and he said it over, the Shalom would say it over, and, he, he, and the Shalom said, told the person, it's Pasha, it's a mitzvah to me for us in this Misa. The Misa, there was a woman from a very, very firm background who had brain surgery. Now, during brain surgery, a lot of brain surgery was done, the patient was actually awake. Actually awake. Local anesthetic, because of sometimes the danger of it affecting things, they want to maintain the see that you're not losing function. So there's no there's no nerve, there's no pain cells in the brain. So you can cut the brain and it doesn't hurt at all. It cuts the they do local anesthetic to cut through the skull. And so as long as the patient doesn't move, right, they hold them down, they can't move. They can cut into the brain without without they don't need the patient to be asleep to do it. It doesn't hurt. On the other hand, it maintains safety to know that they're not cutting somewhere because they're able to monitor the, the actual function when the person's awake. Nowadays, they do it with, you know, with the computerized. But earlier on, they would actually have the patients awake more often. So, in the middle of this woman's surgery, so as they stimulate different parts of the brain with the, with the, with the, with the, the, the probes, so you're, you're awakening different memories, different things in the brain. This woman started singing Italian operas. This is a from, very from lady from Gateshead who's never went to an opera in her lifetime. And she doesn't even know Italian. <laughs> and she's singing Italian opera. <laughs> and they're trying like, what in the world is going on? And they finally realized, that after, after thinking about it for a while, that when she was a little girl, she lived in a neighborhood which was, was a mixed neighborhood. And there's Italians and Jews. And the, the Italian people used to walk around singing opera. So she was three years old, and there's people in the neighborhood singing Italian opera. Her memory absorbed it, and they were able to awaken that memory in her brain. So everything you experience goes into your brain. 
a matter of fact, uh, once a fascinating article by Rabbi Kaplan, we suggest that the main function of the, of the mind actually is not to get your memories, it's actually to block filter. your memory. Filter. Because, you know, if, if I have 40 billion memories... You run out of space. And I, they would all flood my head all at the same time, I wouldn't be able to function. Right. So we ascribe priority to certain memories and other things not so important, and we filter. We wouldn't filter... I mean, you have these stories, these people in Nebuch who didn't have filter, like these extraordinary minds, and they went crazy because they couldn't handle it. So it's all in there. It's all part of our reality. So everything you're exposed to is part, it becomes part of your reality. Now, how, if it's exposed multiple times, it becomes more of a, it becomes more cognizant of it. So do we want exposure? We, right. The other hand, no exposure at all is, is it does make a person potentially vulnerable. You have to find the balance. We had to deal with it, um, but get, but 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 the person, this the over here. He's saying that the the Ben Esrim is the one the one who describes the innocence, um, the, um, and the beauty is the beauty of the child. There's a certain so I would I would translate beauty over here. There's a certain chain that a child has, like you know you, you know a young child. This it's not just a beautiful. There's a, they're charming. Right, so the, the, the Balaam Hashemah said, "Why are they charming?" He says, "The neshama be'etzim is a very charming thing. The less chet you have in it, the less, the more pure it is, the more charming it is. By the time you hit, <laughs> hit a certain age, it's not so charming anymore. There's a reason why it's not so charming anymore." Remendos has a line. He says, "You know, this is when the boys come into seventh grade. They're so cute, you could eat them." <laughs> so by the time they turn to talk, you, you ask yourself, "Why didn't you?" <laughs> you know, there's somewhere along the way, teenage shows like you know, you like you know, saying like, "What happened to my child?" You know, where did he go? He, somebody kidnapped him and put this teenage adolescent, whatever, in his bedroom instead. Right? Um, there's. So that's the challenge that we have. If a person can hold on to that, there's a certain purity. These people talk about, there's a certain, that charm is the charm of childhood. That's the beauty he's referring to. And the innocence is the innocence, you know, that the purity of, of that, that a, a young person who's in the flower of manhood or womanhood and still maintains their purity, that's the innocence that we're referring to. Okay, let's hold it in.